0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. State Treasurer David McRae has put millions back into the hands of Mississippi citizens, expanding the state's affordable college and career savings program and also returning record amounts of unclaimed money. Check out how Treasurer David McRae's office can help you, your business, or your organization. Treasury.ms.gov. Welcome to Weekend Gardening with your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer
1: your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Weekend Gardening. Wowie, zowie. It's nice outside. Now, yes, I promised you there would be another patch of chilly weather. And yes, in fact, there will be. But it's so nice outside. Everything's blooming from red buds to spiderwort. We got it. We've got it going right now. And that makes me very happy. For those of you who uh, want to believe that it's May, okay, cover your tomatoes pretty quick because they're going to get stunted if you don't. And the problem with tomatoes that get stunted, tomato plants, is that the tomato fruit later will manifest it and you won't know that that's going to happen. The tomatoes just stop growing in the cold soil, and, you know, a couple weeks later they start growing. You think everything's fine, but when you go to harvest the fruit later on, you cut it open and it has a really thick white wall, like a tire, you know, (laughs) around the edge of the fruit. It's not tasty at all. That and other sorts of perhaps cautionary tales can be yours here on Weekend Gardening with me. Yes, I'm your garden mama. Today is a beautiful day for well, let's see. Hmm. A ride down the road after radio today. I'll be heading to Wesson to talk at Buds and Blooms at one o'clock. You know how much I love that nursery, and I'm going to talk about perennials. So you need to come down and visit with us, and you know, bring your truck, spend a lot of money because it's a great garden center. <laughs> they're they're my friends as well as my colleagues. I didn't know them until I came to Mississippi. Some of the folks that I work with here. I've always, you know, it seems like I've known them since I was a kid, but there are others, like Donna and the folks at Buds and Blooms, that I have just been so overjoyed to get to know, and they they welcome you, and they welcome me, too, so get yourself there. It'll be fun. I'm speaking at 1 o'clock, but there's stuff going on there all the time, of course. You can join in. um, (laughs) Good morning, Trey. Trey says he has OGD. Don't, Don't get upset. It's obsessive gardening disorder. We might as well figure that we all have that. That's that's really the good news. 888-088-637 is the Super Talk call line. If you would like to give me a holler this morning, I would appreciate that very, very much. Lance will take your call and put you on the air as long as you, well, let's put it this way. If you called and you wanted to say that I was the worst person you had ever run into, he probably wouldn't put you on the air. (laughs) But beyond that, we're kind of open here, okay? Meanwhile, on the c spar text line, you can say that if you want to, because I I just won't talk about it. That number is 601-879-4395. Someone asked me this week, this is part of why I'm saying these silly things, um, how do you handle criticism? How do you handle rivalry? How do you handle these in your career? I said, I don't have any of that. Okay? I'm, I'm honestly a person that thinks that everybody does, in my world, in, in my, my particular profession of garden media, everybody does just the very best they can do at any given time. And it's a bunch of smart, smart, smart people. So I really appreciate all of them. I'm just glad they let me in occasionally. <laughs> nice. Oh, my goodness. You know, when they used to talk about getting your kids into gardening and they'd say get a seed that's big enough for their hand, something like a corn seed or a nasturtium or green peas, which you could be planting today, nasturtiums too, for that matter. They they want you to to use those big seeds. Morning glories. I always used to hear moonflowers, all because those ipameas have such big fat seeds. Well, guess what? That goes for anybody with limited motor control or limited finger strength or, in the case of the person that I talked to this week, somebody who has had an injury recently and still wants to plant something and she says, I can't use one of my hands for another two months, so I'm going to miss it, right? No. Get bigger seeds and use just your right hand. (laughs) Or, if you just happen to be somebody that likes those particular flowers, you ought to go ahead and get yourself some opportunities. For new seeds. That's right. Fun stuff. Let's see. Um yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. I don't I don't know. Donald's in Oxford. I love reading these texts that's, that are a little worried. I'm a little worried. Uh oh. <laughs> he's he's a good bit worried. He has pear and apple trees that are in full bloom in North Mississippi and it's probably going to be lower than thirty next week where in the particular place where they are will they be able will they be okay and still be able to produce yes they will be okay whether they produce or not really depends on whether or not they get pollinated between now and then and how cold it actually gets so i i wish that i had that kind of crystal ball and could tell you for sure i can't but 30 degrees is better than 25 is better than 20 is be, you know we, we the, the trees themselves are going to be fine and hopefully it won't be too cold to interrupt their pollination and their, their movements towards setting fruit. Tough stuff, though. You know, every year we have something that challenges us, and the late, late cold spell often does. This year, though, I do see more and more things in full tilt bloom. Um, that's <laughs> well, that's really neat. That's beautiful. Hey, Brian. Brian's near Biloxi. He's sending us a lovely video. I believe he's fishing. <laughs> anyway, I'll look at that. I have to turn sideways to see it, so we'll fix that. I'll look at it in a little while.
2: A bunch of beautiful. Isn't it looks it gorgeous, like azaleas Lovely azaleas. Or, yeah. I can
1: see the flowers, but I couldn't quite tell exactly because the sky is on my left. Right. I was just trying.
2: <laughs> you turn to turn in sideways, but it is a. Hey, thank you for sending that. It's beautiful. It's lovely. Really,
1: really sweet for us to see that this morning. I uh, I've been feeling pretty good about. Where I live, and some of y'all out there going, oh, what are you talking about now? Well, what I'm talking about is that, for example, when I was a younger person and might have been going to either build a house or buy a house or something, but particularly if I was was going to build a house, there were a lot of semi-rural parts of California that were very attractive to me, be attractive to anybody, foothill kind of places, just lovely. Unfortunately, over time, it turns out I made a wise decision to come back to the South. I know. I hear you all going, well, of course you did. Well, yes, I did. But you, you still have to decide those things. Now, because of the growth in the last 30, 40 years, University of Colorado at Boulder is is letting us know that Western wildfires are actually destroying more homes now than ever before per square mile. Because there's more homes per square mile and because... The fires, without proper management, of course, a fire fire can start any time from a bolt of lightning. But unfortunately, human beings do some of these things. and, And that also, plus not managing the property that you have, it can be a very difficult situation once the fire gets started. In fact, in their... Oh, dear, dear, dear. In their understanding of the surveys and their collection of data and their review of all of it, they are telling us now that human ignitions started 76 percent of the wildfires that destroyed structures. So in other words, your fireplace caught on fire because you didn't clean it, or your stove caught on fire because you didn't know there was grease in the hood, or whatever happened. And at that point, they tended to be in areas where everything else is much more common than it was, like things that will burn up. Sheds and houses and whatnot. That's really a shame. Those are not only people's lives and and property and investments, but it's also their dreams. And it's everything, you know, you put your stuff, your whole world into where you live many, many times. And what do you do next? I hope that what they do is understand, as we do here, that prescribed burn is a very, very important tool and that control of the properties so that there's not ways for the wildfires to go as far but you know the the next piece of it of course is the same thing as we tell everybody that we tell everybody over a certain age that you shouldn't get on a ladder without somebody standing there but the truth is nobody should get on a ladder without somebody standing there or at least something else to grab because it's dangerous i know it's not as dangerous as your house catching on fire but Get your chimney cleaned. <laughs> okay, one—that's one thing. <laughs> Remove all the firewood from the edge of the house. Put it out somewhere where it's covered, but you can't—it it won't necessarily contribute. Do I sound paranoid? I've talked to a lot of people this week who are having these sorts of problems, and I'm—I'm I'm telling you, it's—it's it's not just California, but California's really got, really, really got a big problem going right now. Pam's in Sardis. She says uh, that she sent the first yellow tulip blooming last week. You may remember me raving about that because it was so beautiful. Thank you, Pam. You're so sweet. She sent the beautiful, beautiful red ones today. Love, love, love. That's gorgeous. What fun! One of the best parts about growing tulips is that you walk out in the morning and there they are. You know, they 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 start to come up quickly, and pretty soon, all of a sudden, you see a bud. The next day, the flowers there, and that's that's one of for, for instant gratification, you just about can't beat tulips in the garden. Well, and I love Sardis. I I spent 21
2: years in North Mississippi, and that is one of my absolute favorite parts of the country. Part of the, I love Lovely. that area. And the lower lake, all the way over to Batesville, <laughs> up to Como and Sardis, I, that was my stomping grounds. I well, love it. So, Pam, good work out there.
1: Look for his footprints. They're there. <laughs> now... The thing that's going on in California right now, of course, is yet another atmospheric hoo-ha, is what I've decided to call it, because this, this atmospheric river doesn't really say it. It's worse than that. It's a whole bunch of hoo-ha. And some in some cases, it is a catastrophe. There are people who haven't been able to dig out from the snowstorm, as I'm sure you're aware. But what's going on in many of those areas is this wildfire starts you know we have the wildfires that burn and then that area is naked so that falls down or it can't absorb water or it gets snow packed and then gets rained on and the whole thing collapses what we're seeing in terms of the Desert Research Institute's work this has been this early this year but I've been holding on to it because I was afraid it would be relevant and indeed it is the midwinter dry spells lead to dramatic losses of winter snowpack in burned areas. Okay, so that's the first point. Because those areas are unstable anyway, when they get snow, as they're getting now, and then they get rain on top of it, there's nowhere for all of it to get absorbed into, and those places are not built with reservoirs simply because, well, quite frankly, it used to be the side of a mountain. It's not there anymore. So the early pandemic years, of course, and the bad wildfires that went along at that time made these really big swaths of burned up landscape. And that's what where we're seeing much of the biggest damage now from what the reports are. This is just to say, just like sometimes I'll even go back and talk about my grandfather's tales of the Dust Bowl, if we don't take care of it as it comes along, whether it's after a wildfire, whether it's an area that's overgrown and about to be a wildfire, whether it's the property that we take care of ourselves and don't want our house to burn down. It's one of those things we got to be more fire-wise about. Yeah, that's right. I said that. Fire-wise. Great program. Really great program. Oh, isn't that beautiful? John's sending gorgeous stuff this morning. I'll describe that in just a little bit. Triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven is the phone number here. And of course, the the ceasefire text line is always open to you six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five. I'm working with a friend of mine, who's also a client, but you know my clients generally become my friends if they weren't already. Um, to work out a new front garden. It's a it's a narrow front garden in a lovely neighborhood where she has made a really terrific pollinator garden over the last couple of years, three, three, four years, maybe longer. And a lot of things recede, the zinnias and whatnot. The guara is perennial, you know, a lot of things like that that are just beautiful in that area. But a new opportunity is going to mean that the house needs to be sold. So... It's time to redo that front. So what do you do when you're looking for curb appeal is what I wanted to talk to you about just for a few minutes. I do think that we sometimes go a little bit far in making our front area so able to be just like everybody else's or so nondescript and therefore easy to maintain that we miss some opportunities. I, for example, I don't think you have to have a lawn out to the street, but I do think you need a piece of lawn. Um, Curb appeal depends on how the house is framed and a nice piece of lawn, even if it's the size of a postage stamp, relatively speaking, you know, it's a throw rug as opposed to a, a full tilt lawn makes a lot of difference. It also cleans the air leading up to your front door and that doesn't hurt anything either. Curb appeal, though, also goes to coordinating the colors of your front door and your house with what is in the garden. And if you are, for example, doing a foundation planting, you want to consider evergreens, but why not pick up that other color that you like so much in a couple of smaller flowering shrubs that you put in the front of the evergreens. It doesn't take a huge bed. One that's five feet wide can handle a, a taller, more columnar type, say, soft tip holly. And then in front of it, you can come in with something like Little Richard Abelia or Radiance Abelia, some of these things that will be two or three feet tall and just covered up in flowers in the summertime. But the rest of the time, they have beautiful, crazy leaves. I've also um, become a, a fan of... I've always been a fan of things like Bar Harbor and Andina that are um, just colorful, colorful, colorful all year long. But I've been introduced recently to Flirt, which is another one of the Southern Living Plants, um, Southern Living Collection Plants. And it actually blooms, even though it's this little T-90 short thing. So I like that. I, I like, a, I like something, that, something else that happens. I think that's fun any rate, working on that and also on a focal point plant for that area so that we can call attention to the front door without necessarily putting large containers right next to it. It's kind of a shallow space. We will put a couple of containers out there, of course, with small shrubs or with long season perennials, that kind of stuff. What you're trying to do when you do curb appeal is make sure that the front garden doesn't neither intimidates nor turns off the people that might look at it frankly it's if if they can just walk by it and it it doesn't hurt anybody's feelings you've won and in my case at my garden i don't have that kind of front garden (laughs) i have a front garden that's entirely too busy and now that some things have died on it i'm going to have more places to put art because i've got some more dead stuff (laughs) <laughs> That's going but you don't have to do that. You don't have to be quite as eccentric in, in as I am. I wonder if you have done this. I I love, love, love a teacher salad. This is the time of year to plant that teacher salad. Then you can serve it before school is out, and it's really a lot of fun. If if you're planting now planting some Lettuce and mesclun and radishes and a few green onions and whatever whatever else you think they'll like. You don't have to have tomatoes. You can have a nice salad. And frankly, do it in a big pot. Bring it up to the school. The kids will be amazed. And you will be too, because it'll be tons of fun for a teacher salad. Ah, piano boogie. Well, I guess we better boogie away and come right back here on Weekend Gardening. <laughs>
3: Welcome to Dog House Living. our guest is Bob and his wife Jenny, who started this craze. Well, you know, while digging I hit a gas line and blew up our house. Well, Bob, I am just blown away. No pun intended, of course.
4: Why wouldn't you just call 811?
3: So, the takeaway folks, to stay out of the dog house, call 811 before you dig. Let's make our goal, zero damages, zero injuries.
6: Center, First South Farm Credit, JumpstartTestPrep.com, and Toyota of Brookhaven. Welcome Morgan Wallen live. God, whiskey, glasses. you Sunday night, April 23rd, at Bought Hemingway Stadium at Old Miss. Sold out. We've got free tickets to win. And not just any free tickets. We're talking VIP tickets to watch this once-in-a-lifetime concert in the Super Talk Suite at the stadium. We've got them and we're giving them away. It's Morgan Wallen with special guest Mississippi Zone Hardy. for more details on how you can win VIP suite seats from Morgan Wallen, live at Old Miss. Another fun way to win from Super Top Mississippi.
7: You can register to win tickets by going to Got Gear Motorsports on Highway 51 in Ridgeland. That's Got Gear
8: Motorsports in Ridgeland are you ready for a hometown weekend head over to downtown laurel march 11th to 12th join us for a mississippi made arts and crafts festival live local music and the grand openings of scotsman snow and laurel mercantile scent library don't miss the watch party for the newest episode of hgtv's hometown and a special appearance by the cast we'll see you in america's hometown march 11th and 12th visit laurelmercantile.com for more details
4: Visit 2 for a free no obligation estimate.
1: Well, I'll certainly try not to tell you any lies. Is that okay if you say no lies instead of any lies? Every time I say I'm going to do something, I hear my mother saying you're going to do something. But if you know what I'm saying and you know what I mean, then it not going to just as I don't know. It seems like it might be just as good. I'm not sure. Anyway, welcome back to Weekend Gardening. Thank you so much for deciding to be here. I know you've got choices. Today at 1 p.m., you can make another choice and join me at Buds and Blooms. Today, um, I will also be, of course, uh, accepting slightly discounted renewals. Slightly not renewals. Slightly discounted new subscriptions. Everybody's renewed that's going to renew. But if you're interested in getting all things Garden Mama Weekly delivered to your email box every Friday ask me, and when you're there, we'll talk about it. It's going to be a good deal, I promise. Today's tops news that I do plug in that uh, particular publication each Friday is about, let's face it, we want to hear what the American College of Cardiology has to say to us. We'll all wear red on the right day for you know heart, heart disease awareness, and we, we all are careful about, Making sure about our blood pressure and all these things because they go directly to our heart health. Guess what? Lance, you need to listen to this one. Getting good sleep could add years to your life. <laughs> We've been discussing our insomnia <laughs> this morning. <laughs> now, I don't know. I don't know. How, I mean, there, there, it, does different, it does differentiate between men and women in age groups and all that sort of thing. But if you are not having healthy sleep, you deal with that, and other things m- will very likely flow from it because that's part of the deal. They've, they've really assessed five different factors. And it, it, if, it's, if you don't sleep seven hours, if you, do, if you have difficulty falling asleep more than twice a week, if you have trouble staying asleep more than twice a week, all these kinds of things are all measures of your heart health as well as your sleep health. How about that? Ooh, does anybody grow Romano beans? I have not grown Romano beans in a long, long time, and I was uh working on the different kinds of beans that one can grow, and there are bush Romano beans, but you just don't hear about them all the time. So if you grow bush beans, don't overlook that there are also um, burgundy purple purple burgundy bush beans, and there are also these romanos, which are really they're the flat pod that's kind of wide, really nice thing. All right. (laughs) Let's talk to Bill in Pascagoula. Bill, I sense that you're a gambler. Let's talk tomatoes. Yes,
9: ma'am. I want to plant my tomato plants today. If It's not too early. They're about, oh, six or eight inches tall, I suppose. And uh, they're Creole tomatoes. And I got one cherry, Mm -hmm. all about the same height. And I... I wanted to plant them today, but uh, they keep talking about some bad weather. But it's I'm in zone nine on the Gulf Coast.
1: Well, you're in. You are indeed. I would simply look at the week's forecast, okay? And I suspect you're going to see that your temperature is not supposed to get below about forty degrees at the lowest. And in that case, they'll be fine. Just cover them up when it gets cold. If it's going yeah, to be colder, if it's, if it's going to be colder than that. We've got a we have a problem. We can get into stunting, particularly if it's more than one night.
9: Yeah, I was worried about that. I didn't know if I need to hold off to a day or two.
1: I would, if it, if it was me, I would I would hold off probably a week, even where you okay. are, just because of this yeah. little snap that we're having. But look at your temperatures. Yeah, look at your temperatures, and if it says it's going to be 45 every night, don't worry about it. Go ahead. It looks like it's
2: forty-five and forty-four are the lows That's what on Saturday I was thinking. and Sunday. Yeah,
1: but but next week, the end of next week is also in. Look look at your seven day from here, and okay, see what so you can I, find next out. Next
9: week would probably be next week would probably be better.
1: I would I would think the tomatoes would be happier.
9: <laughs> okay, now I may go ahead. I may go ahead and plant uh, my climbing cucumber and rattlesnake. Snap beans, but I'm just going to be seed for those. Right, and it's going to take about a week to ten days for those to
1: come right, up. Right, right, that's different. Yeah, so
9: they should be good to plant yeah. today. They're they're, they're
1: entirely different from tomatoes in terms of their their temperature requirements.
9: Okay, so could I plant those seeds today? You think? Because they'll
1: yep. be up for seven to ten days. Yep. The other thing Thank that very much. Let me tell you something else. This is this is just because I I'm a gambler too, but I'm nah, gonna I okay. would plant I would plant like. Three tomato plants and I plant half of those seeds.
9: Ah, God. okay. Good idea. So, if yeah, nothing happens
1: got, in ten days, you can keep going. You know?
9: <laughs> yeah, I can plant the other. Stuff. Exactly. I got I got twelve. So I can plant six today and maybe six the next. Something week. Something
1: like that. Yeah, just get you know. That's in other better, words, you might get ahead with some, but you might not. So then you're not going to lose everything. Yeah. But the seeds are the yeah. same way. If your seeds, if you put the seeds in and they don't come up for ten days, you you have some to plant again. And we've got a nice long growing season, so you're in good shape.
9: Yeah, I think I'll do that. I just got, I'm just itching to do it today. I
1: understand. You know I understand. That's so why perfect. I have that's why I have radishes in a salad table that I'm gonna have to wrap up next week. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can't help. Uh, i well, try.
9: It. <laughs> Boy, you yeah, and I sure do like listening to you. Sometimes I I put my cell phone in my pocket and I just walk through my garden listening to you.
1: You you have no idea how happy that makes me, Bill. Thank you very much. Have a wonderful wonderful Thank day. You. Thanks for calling. Thank you. Appreciate it. You know, I like Pascagoula. But then again, I'm 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 kind of a sucker for the coast anyway. I uh saw a thing. Yeah. Both Ocean Springs and Bay Saint Louis made the the list of super duper places to live. Not that we didn't know that already, but uh, that that was nice. Nice to see that. And I
2: could walk around Ocean Springs for two days and not accomplish anything but just enjoy myself.
1: <laughs> I could build a house and plant a garden. Um, anyway, let's see. Um, doop, doop, doop. Yes, you can transplant hydrangeas right now. This would be a great day to do that. Dig them up, put them someplace else. And um, I, I, don't, I I don't know particular times depending on where you are. So just look at your weather for when the rain will be moving in. It kind of just depends on where you're at. Okay, okay. Let's see. Um, Bar Harbor Nandina. All right. Harbor Bell. I don't want a dwarf. Well, if you're looking for a tall Nandina, then you want to look for Nandina domestica or golden bamboo. Okay, because those are the names you're going to find associated with the tall varieties. Nandina domestica is the species, and it ha- there are any number of, of varieties of it that are tall. It kind of depends on you know what your garden center likes and what they carry but it you'll also find it listed under golden bamboo because that's the traditional common name you know we give plants such funny names but anyway because of the cane structure of its stems it's called that i do not play chess but i know a lot of people do play chess and i have watched a whole lot of people play chess in my life um Having been a waitress at a place where people play chess, (laughs) you you hope that they win because then they buy more. But anyway, um, Massachusetts Institute of Technology wants you to know that this is just crazy. I mean, it makes sense, but who told who? How'd they figure out how to study it? It turns out that, particularly, for example, in outdoor environments in cities where people have lots and lots of chessboards going. But even so, indoors can also be an air pollution problem that they can measure in a chess tournament. What? That's right. The absolutely this is the bottom line of the of the study from MIT tells us that they objectively perform worse and make more suboptimal moves, as measured by computer analysis, not somebody standing on the side looking to see. Where there is more fine particulate matter in the air, such as urban environments or polluted hotel ballrooms. What? Yeah, that's right. It is something to be considered. It really is. Scholars, of course, have produced a whole lot of studies about air pollution on cognition, but they've not ever done it in this specific way with chess players because we on chess, you know, there's a certain, I mean, there's a certain number of moves that. 99% 99% of chess players will use. And so, therefore, the computer can put that into perspective and measure how things are in one place versus how they are in another for the same person. Pretty interesting stuff, actually. Pretty interesting stuff. I want to encourage you to restrain the urge to plant some of these things, in, in, even in areas where it might feel like it's going to be warm. As we talked on with our caller just a few minutes ago, if it's going to be below 45, um, plus, the, here's the other thing. Your soil hadn't had time to warm up yet, and there's a whole boatload of stuff that you can plant. So why don't we plant those things, okay? Kohlrabi, beets, all sorts of stuff, stuff you hadn't thought about. Annual flowers, though, wow. calabroca, and, and petunias, for goodness sakes. I'm going to be looking for petunias this afternoon, my own self. There's also all kinds of things that are wonderful from seed right now that we can get started with, and that there's just so much to do, you know. There's a, ask him what kind of plant that. What's what the name of that specific plant is? Because I don't, it's I don't know. And does he want? Where does he want to do that? Thank you. I appreciate having a little bit of a screen there. All of the garden centers are coming in with, I mean, all the master gardener groups are coming in with their dates and whatnot. So I'm, I'm trying to keep up with that. Please send them to me. Mama on air at yahoo.com. I try to pick them up off of the posts, but sometimes that can be very difficult. Really good question in Facebook this week from Diane. Um, Didn't send in a picture. She's asking what's a good perennial for part sun and part shade. If there are, Um, any if if there's not any that that you know about already the good news is if it's morning sun and afternoon shade the list is long the list goes to flocks and cone flowers and just so many wonderful things but if it's Morning shade and afternoon sun, you have to get into some things that are a little bit more heat tolerant. And, yes, lantana includes in that category. If you've got five hours of sun in the afternoon on lantana, it's going to bloom and do beautifully, as will some other things. But the, uh, the question is always about which one it is. If it's, if it's morning sun and afternoon shade, you can grow just about any perennial that you will run into at the garden center or in your seed catalog, for that matter. I did not know that there were so many different choices when it comes to ground covers. Um, let's talk to James. Let me go on and do, a, do this because I'm going to run out of time in this segment. Hey, James.
9: Hey, how are you doing? You got
1: moth orchids and you want to um, move them into larger pots? What do you want to do with them?
9: Yeah, that's what I wanted to do. I was just seeing if it would be okay to go on and do that now, or should I wait till after this rain comes in?
1: No, that's an indoor plant, moth orchid, and you can do it anytime you want to. If it is okay, I wouldn't. I would not do any work on them or transplant them at all until they actually are tipping their pots over. (laughs) When when they when they're trying to fall over, that's the time to repot them into something slightly larger, and be sure and use an orchid mix. Okay.
9: Okay, well, that's good, and I love listening to your show every Saturday.
1: Thank you, James. Glad to have you here. Appreciate that. I love moth orchids. They're among the ones that are on the the beautiful list of things that moth orchids and and I think about um, Dancing Lady, and they're just there's several different ones that do so beautifully indoors because they like the same conditions that we like, okay um, when when you go to places that are just a little bit more moderate, than Mississippi. In other words, not so much up and not so much down in the temperature, places that are more moderate. You can actually find some orchids that grow outdoors or that you can leave the container outdoors all the time. But here in our part of the world, summer's really hot, winter's really cold, and and even even sort of cold is too cold for an orchid. So those are all indoor plants here, happily. Let's see. Okay. I don't know where we are, but this is a good question. Do I need a cover crop? What is a good one? I don't know what area you're in, but um the the tall weeds and the Johnson grass have been suppressed with black plastic over the winter. Interesting choice, but it it's working, okay? Um I would take those out, rip them out as, clo- as much as you can totally, because those are things that will, generally speaking, reseed and or perennialize and become weeds again for you. So th- that's, those are out. If you have time, and I'm presuming that you believe you do, to ask about a cover crop, you would have to be somewhere north of Oxford, like Tupelo and up that way. So you would have maybe from now till the beginning of May, If you were planting summer crops, sure, you can do that. It it takes about three to six weeks for a cover crop to come up and get to be three inches tall. And at that time, yes, you would turn it under. I'm in favor of alfalfa, but if you have a handful of any other kind of seeds that you can throw out there, they'll come up, and it doesn't really matter what it is. You can turn it under if you've got some cultivated seeds. Okay. Thank you much. Hey, now, stick around. We've got a lot more questions and a lot more to do here on Weekend Gardening.
0: of Mississippi. It's time you get the benefits you deserve. If you're eligible for both Medicare and
10: Medicaid, there's a local health plan just for you. Shared Health Dual Plus, a dual eligible special needs plan with more benefits like a $2,500 yearly allowance for over-the-counter items and groceries, a $600 yearly allowance for utility bills, a $5,000 yearly allowance for dental care and shared rewards. All access on one easy-to-use card. Plus more Call eight five five four one three eighty seven sixty nine TTY seven one one or visit SharedHealthMS.com. dot com.
0: Paid actor portrayal. Shared Health Dual Plus is an HMO SNP plan with a Medicare contract and a contract with the Mississippi Division of Medicaid. Enrollment in Shared Health Dual Plus depends on contract renewal. Shared Health Mississippi Inc. does not discriminate on the basis of race, color, national origin, sex, age, or disability in its health programs and activities. Benefit limits and exclusions may apply. Check the plan's evidence of coverage or details, or give us a call.
4: In the heart of Mississippi, there's a place built on tradition and memories. Come make yours at The Hideaway, It Reads Estate. A nature retreat nestled amongst the pines is The Hideaway. Located near Brookhaven, goes 400 beautiful acres to explore, curated venues, and lodging to host you and your guests. The Hideaway is perfect for corporate events, family gatherings, weddings, and romantic getaways. Book your event with us today at The Hideaway. It Reads Hideaway.com.
8: The Lauren Rogers Museum of Art in Laurel, Mississippi, presents Dale Chihuly's Laguna Murano Chandelier. Considered by most to be Chihuly's most important glass sculptural work, comprised of almost 1,000 pieces of glass, the incredible installation celebrates the art form which has its roots in Venice, Italy. The exhibition is on view at the Lauren Rogers Museum of Art, located in historic downtown Laurel through April 8th as part of the museum's centennial celebration in 2023. As always, admission is
7: Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything
10: we do. ESISupply.net It's not if you're going to have a spill at your business or workplace, it's when. ESISupply.net Exorbent pads by the bundle or roll. ESISupply.net Socknet Boom Products, Oil Gator, Oil Dry, Spill Kits, and much more. ESISupply.net Take it from Scary Gary. If it can spill, it's gonna. ESI Supply, 601-933-4910. That's 601-933-4910 or online at ESISupply.net.
6: Selling turnips on a flatbed truck. Crunching
3: on a pork rind when she pulled up. She had to be thinking this is where it next come from.
11: She was lost in looking for the interstate Needing directions And I was a man for the job.
1: And for that kind listener who sent me an email to complain about this song, I appreciate you. I'm so glad you know my email now. <laughs> That's wonderful. Let me hear from you again sometime soon. Yes, you can plant turnip greens again today. Go for it. (laughs) Why not? Everything's a little iffy, but on the other hand, turnips are among the things that we would like to do another round of. So why not? Oh, my goodness. There's so much water in the news today. I feel like, (sighs) you know, I live where water is a very big concern, needless to say. But I'm going to talk about some other kinds of water I love, love, love this story. This is some research done at the University of Gothenburg. For some reason or another, they're um, they're 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 trying. Okay, let me let me start this. You know that there's how there's spots and places that you go into the room and you can speak over here in a voice and it's heard across the cathedral, for example, or across the museum, because there are these wonderful spots where the audible qualities are just that well. It's re- The resonance is there. The right stones are there. Well, it's kind of like that if you put a beam of light onto just one water droplet. This is so incredible. The rays of light will bounce off of the inner wall. That's right. The inside of the droplet over and over and over going around and around and around inside of it. And that's what happens to those sound waves in the corner of the cathedral, because they're hit, they get they get started on a round pitch, they they round and round and round until they catch your ear on the other side of the room. In the case of the water, though, it's very very cool when the circumference is a multiple of the light's wavelength. The resonance phenomenon occurs, and the sound is there. I mean, isn't that wild? It makes the droplet shine brighter. In this case, it doesn't make it louder because it doesn't make noise, but it makes it shine brighter. Is that crazy? I love it. I just I, I want to see this, in, I, I want to see this happen in all sorts of situations. I want us to begin to understand the power of that phrase, "shine a light." You know, you'll you'll hear songs, you'll hear people talk about it. You'll you'll people will tell you that. You know, sunshine is the very best um, antiseptic and all those kind of things for information and whatnot. Well, it might just be that the light itself makes the change. You cannot, of course, change the size of the dome in the cathedral. So you're going to hear that the same way. But a water droplet changes as it evaporates. So in that case, it provides different insights into how light scatters. Okay. Okay. I love that. I think that's so interesting. I'm I'm never going to be a person that works with either light or water in the sense of physics, but I sure can appreciate what they're up to. It also leads lots of other people to be very, very interested in water and gets people to do other stuff. Um, for example, as you might imagine, not just in California or in Mississippi, but everywhere, engineers are studying drinking water management strategies. It's very important to us as civilized people. So what they're trying to figure out is how to put in sustainability, how to keep the costs down, and at the same time, how to deal with changes in the climate that are happening, changes in the weather. Um, I was listening to a, a program in from Britain and this fellow was talking about the fact that his family had had a well on their property for however many eight or 10 generations and they had to bore a new hole a new and they had to go for a new well because it was no longer putting out at the rate that it always had. And understanding the geologic shifts and the changes in the sands and in the shale and in the water and all that other stuff is really interesting, but it's a very complicated process. It is a change. It's something that they didn't expect to have to do. So because we understand that freshwater is essential to us, we're just really happy that there's more and more people. In this case, the University of British Columbia doing some of the work to understand better about management. And in that category... um, (laughs) Whoa, there's a lot of work to be done. I wanted to mention that the cover crop in question for zone 8, yes, you can do that if you're not planting until, if you're not planting until, say, April or May, late April or May. You need at least a month, if not six weeks, for the cover crop to come up and do anything for you. You may be better off in zone 8 and certainly in zone 9 to go ahead and build your beds and put your fertilizer just in the rows where you're going to plant. You know, If you need to improve all the soil, that's one thing. But if you don't, you may just want to put bands by where you're going to plant after you make your rows or your beds and then let that stuff mellow until time to plant, say, in three weeks or, or a month. Okay? Makes a lot of sense. Um, beans in cups. Corinne, I love this. Planted beans in cups with the grandchildren last weekend. They're already six inches tall. So we, we're discussing on, on the, the text line. Um, the temperatures, and I have to say again, I'm going to try half of them. You know, let's see if they put out two or three plants, and if they make it, then they'll be ahead of the others. If they don't make it, you've still got the others to transplant in another week or 10 days. Interesting choice. I, I'm not saying you shouldn't start beans in, in peat cups, but I just wouldn't have thought to do that probably. <laughs> I probably would not have. Um, so at any rate, the... By the way, about ten years ago, I started talking about the relentless wind at my house that I couldn't understand why it was there, and then, a little later than that, I began to talk about the roller coaster of weather. All of these things have become very common. I didn't invent the conversation i you know certainly, but I've decided now it's a bungee cord all right i'm I'm on a whole different thing. We're on the highest bungee bridge in South Africa. And we're leaping off. That's our temperatures. We just leap. It's just crazy. But on the other hand, it's very exciting and the things that make it, like my Asiatic lilies that are coming up so beautifully up there, um, if you follow me at Garden Mamanelli, you'll you'll find those online. Um, I'm very happy about that. And uh, some of the weeds are not there. Now, wood sorrel, up all over the place. Tiny violets, up all over the place. But Some of the others seem to be a little bit slow that I would usually see at this time. So maybe maybe they did get zapped. I don't know. We'll hope. Speaking of water management, I think I've got just about enough time to do this. You remember we had several reports over the years um, about what people trace in the water supply to figure out what people are doing and how they're living and what's happening. And, of course, it's usually things like cocaine, you know, and other things that we really would wish that there was less of. Well... Now a wastewater tracer has been discovered that, quite quite frankly, is surprising everyone. University of Vienna, artificial sweeteners. That's right. Y'all are drinking enough artificial sweeteners that it's getting into the water supply at measurable levels. Fascinating stuff. It goes directly to the composition of your drinking water because it's in the water. So there's an awful lot of things that they're working on. They were, they were ready to study this. They figured that it could only they, they figured that most of all of this would be degraded at the wastewater management treatment plants. But it's not. What a surprise. Something we didn't know. Oh my goodness. Now, you have heard me tell the tale of being a big supporter of desalinization. Coming up in the next hour, I'm going to tell you what's actually going on in the desalinization world. But right now, I want you to enjoy a little something you hadn't heard around here before. And if you find yourself wanting to just shuffle on out of here, do so. But come back, because there's more weekend gardening.
3: I love it. Catfish is excellent. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk.
0: You're listening to WFMN Flora Jackson, Super Talk, Mississippi. Powered by your tree professionals at Barone's Tree Pros, 601 345
12: 8090. I'm JT Mitchell, and you're listening to Super Talk, Mississippi News. Legislation that would have transferred the city of Jackson's water system to the state died earlier this week. Senator Daniel Sparks said that even though Senate Bill 2889 wasn't passed, something needs to be done for the state's capital city. I
3: do have a problem with handing it back to the folks that seem not to be able to run it efficiently. And I would say there's no one in Jackson that says the water system has performed adequately. So uh, we'll continue to work on that. But we need to be in a position to make sure that we're taking care of the capital city as it relates to having drinkable water.
12: Over the last year alone, the city of Jackson has seen over 300 boil water notices. And daylight savings kicks in tomorrow morning. While you lose an hour of sleep tonight, you'll gain an extra hour of sunlight for the next six months. So don't forget to set those clocks one hour ahead before going to bed tonight. With Super Talk Mississippi News, I'm J.T. Mitchell.
3: call toll-free welcome back we're talking to Bob and his wife about dog house living well it's okay our doghouse is a double wide and two stories at that Wow an alternative for today's high-priced homes
1: really try having your feet hang out all winter
3: yeah it's challenging folks stay out of the dog house by calling 811 before you dig let's make our goal: zero damages zero injuries
12: It's been nearly four weeks since Haley Ladner, a school teacher out of Purvis, gave birth to quintuplets. We recently caught up with the new mother of five who said all five babies are healthy and doing well
9: but they're doing great, they're all gaining weight. In fact, Jake was the biggest when he was born. He was two pounds and five ounces and three of his sisters has outgrown him. (laughs) So it's pretty cool to get to see that and get to see how much they're growing and how much they're changing every day. And it's just the greatest thing I get to do to go and get to see them every day and get to hold them and get to watch them grow.
12: All five of the babies are now off ventilators and have been moved to CPAP machines. The Ladners are expected to be able to take home their kids in a little over a month. To read more about this story, as well as to sign up for our free newsletter, log on to supertalk.fm. I'm J.T. Mitchell, Supertalk Mississippi News.
11: For Sports Mississippi, I'm Dixon Williams. Southeastern Conference Tournament basketball action yesterday saw Mississippi State take on the number one seed, Alabama. And the Crimson Tide pulled out a 72-49 win over the Bulldogs to knock the Bulldogs out of the Southeastern Conference Tournament. They'll have to wait till Sunday's selection show at about 5 o'clock Sunday afternoon to see if Mississippi State will make the NCAA tournament, which starts on Thursday next week. Other games in the Southeastern Conference tournament yesterday. Missouri knocked out Tennessee 79-71. to So Alabama now will meet Missouri in the first semifinal game today with a noon tip-off in the other game in the evening session last night, Arkansas defeated Texas, A- or rather, Texas A&M defeated Arkansas, 67 to 61. So Texas A&M will take on the winner of Vanderbilt and Kentucky, the late game last night. This is Super Talk Sports, Mississippi.
6: Center, First South Farm Credit, JumpstartTestPrep.com, and Toyota of Brookhaven. Welcome Morgan Wallen Live. Y'all whiskey glasses, y'all sing with me. Sunday night, April 23rd, at bought Hemingway Stadium at Old Miss for a sold out show. We got free tickets to win. And not just any free tickets. We're talking VIP tickets to watch this once-in-a-lifetime concert in the Super Talk Suite at the stadium. We've got them and we're giving them away. It's Morgan Wallen with special guest, Mississippi Zone, Hardy. Keep listening for more details on how you can win VIP Suite seats from Morgan Wallen live at Old Miss. a fun way to win from super top Mississippi yeah.
11: Baseball action yesterday to start the last non-conference weekend of the season. Ole Miss took on Purdue and out hit the Purdue Boilermakers 15-7. The Rebels now 12-2. The Saturday game in Oxford has been moved to a noon first pitch, 11:30 30 airtime on the Ole Miss Baseball Network. The Sunday game is, weather permitting, still set for 1:30 with a 1 o'clock airtime in Oxford. Mississippi State meanwhile took on Lipskin and pulled out an 8-2 win. The Bulldogs are now 9-5 and they will play a double Header in Starkville. Game one will again at one o'clock. Twelve thirty will be the airtime on the MSU Baseball Network. And Valparaiso went to Hattiesburg yesterday and beat the Southern Miss Golden Eagles six to one in Hattiesburg. They'll play again today in Hattiesburg and try again on Sunday to finish up that series in Hattiesburg. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Sports, Mississippi.
0: With your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mama's on the radio now to answer your questions and call you.
1: Hello, baby. Hello. 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 Welcome into Weekend Gardening. Thank you so very, very much. I know you got choices. I know you have things to do. I know that, well, putting Garden Mama in your ear might be one of them, and I greatly appreciate that so very, very much. A couple of things are hanging over from the previous hour on the text line. We will get to those. 601-879-4395. You can join us there on the C Spire text line. And of course the Super Talk call line is open to you whenever I'm here. Triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven. Um you can you can give Lance a review if you like the uh new bumper that came out at the end of the last hour. I certainly do. Ah, we can all dance our way across the kitchen floor at the very least. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for joining me this afternoon at Buds and Blooms. I look forward to seeing you there. Thank you so much for being patrons of my newsletter, um, patreon.com slash gardenmama. Y'all are delightful for doing that for me. And, And, of course, for your wonderful suggestions and ideas about things. I, I I don't know Ken, but they should be. We were talking. I was bringing you a study about the impact of a light beam into water being able to act basically like atoms and, and and activate the whole thing and therefore make it shine brighter. And he's saying, I wonder if they use light refraction and solar power. We should. Somebody needs to tell me if they are. Send us a link. <laughs> Mama on air at yahoo.com and I will I will pursue that because I hope they are too. That would be great. would be a good thing, I think. Um, our, our mouse is still jumping around over here. Okay, let's see now. Ellie's in Florence. Oh Ellie, your garden is so lovely. My goodness, such a joy. She asks if it would be a good idea to trim back the Chinese fringe tree after it's finished blooming to help it get fuller. That would be the time to do it. I wouldn't cut it back a whole lot wouldn't you know no 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 crepe murder in this case but yes shortening some of the branches to make a little bit tighter canopy will encourage breaking branches down not breaking branches but buds to break and form branches lower down on it that in turn will make it thicker at the same time you have the opportunity now to take out anything that's rubbing one against the other or crisscrossing the canopy or just generally speaking going where you don't want it to go you can do that after they finish blooming that's lovely fun stuff i have been working in my garden to try and, and persuade myself of what to do and what not to do i have a box of iris rhizomes that shouldn't have gotten as wet as they did but Well, now they're growing. So now I've really got to do something with them. I was thinking I was just going to give them away or put them on the street because people will take almost anything from in front of my house. But I think now I'm going to have to plant them. So I have gone around to all of the containers that I'm not sure if anything is growing in it, and I've put in an iris. I don't recommend doing this necessarily because I may end up getting them on top of something. But if you, like I, like me, have a bunch of pots that are not quite ready to tell you if they're alive yet or not. Do give them a little bit of water if it didn't rain at your house. And obviously, if you have if you need to stick in a seed or two around the edges and get something, you know, nasturtiums or some other little something that you just want to start growing, why not? Go ahead and do that. But leave whatever you put in the center, leave that space empty because it might come up yet especially when you start caring for the other thing. There's nothing, nothing like jealousy to get a plant to grow even better than it did before. You don't think they're jealous? Come on. Have you ever seen tomatoes? You get one tomato going, the next thing you know, the next one's got three times as many on it. Come on. You know they talk. You know they do.
2: They're showing out a little bit. Just a
1: little bit. Just a little bit.
2: And I wanted to answer on uh, the question regarding refraction. Yes. Stanford had set out to do a study, and they basically created a passive technology uh, using uh-huh. trun- truncated pyramid style or inverted right, pyramid. Right. And so that basically going, we're going to replace the outer layer with a truncated or inverted pyramid that will allow sunlight to be grabbed from any angle rather than direct sunlight mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then focus it on the cell bed below. Makes sense, and doesn't it? it's called it? Agile, the Axially Graded Index Lenses. And that what is a great a,
1: acronym. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's wonderful. Thank you. That's fun. So that sort of answer Answers our question. We we don't know we don't know all the answers, but we know they're doing it, so we hope they'll be good at it. Absolutely. Will 34 degrees do in the blueberries in Benton that are in bloom right now? Well, I hope not. Um, he, he says he can cover. We talked about these blueberries last week. He says he can cover the bigger ones. I'd probably do that. Another case of insurance. Why not? But. My blueberries are bloomed out and the bees have been all over them this week. So unless it gets really much colder than that, I don't expect that there'll be any problem. So that being said, be a little cautious, but not too cautious. How can you be a little cautious? Well, you can be a little cautious. (laughs) It is possible. I promise. Triple eight, eight, zero, eight, eight. 637, that is the telephone number here, and of course, 601 879 4395. I've been excited to reflect on perennials in advance of my talk this afternoon at Buds and Blooms at one o'clock. I love that garden center. Come down, bring your truck, it's going to be fun. Um, one of the things that I realized that I hadn't done was to make just a list of bullet points both for myself to talk about, but also as, as a handout for the folks who are going to come. So I wanted to bring you a couple of those because I don't necessarily talk about them in the right way. Sometimes I think it's, I, I answer questions and I tell you what I'm doing, but sometimes I don't say things. For example, sanitation is the key to preventing pest problems in perennial plants. OK, sounds like an obvious, but what does that exactly mean? There's always a discussion about whether to cut them down as they brown or cut them down when they brown out because we hope that our perennials will, at least some of them, go dormant. And For example, like the case of the lantanas that I went ahead and cut back, they're woody and they had dropped every single leaf. I cut them down and they've got some leaves coming up, some shoots coming up but not much on those old stems. So I was right to do that. That's one way that we let sanitation help us out. We're getting rid of the dead leaves that have fallen and getting rid of all that branchy stuff that can just be a literally a nest for insect eggs and stuff the other piece of sanitation for me of course is working in the mulch and or raking it out depending on what you need to do in your particular garden if you use pine straw and you disturb it and realize that it's all white mycelia underneath that's the time to rake it out, use that pine straw for something else, use it to cover a path, use it to fill a hole, you know, use it for something else, but it's not a great mulch at that point because it's it's not actually decomposing, but it is beginning to be wet within itself which allows the mycelium to grow and keeps the water from getting to your plants below into the soil. So Take care of your pine straw that way. But if you use ground bark or other composts and things, you can work those into the soil around the perennials. That's fine. But make sure when you do, take a little oil spray, spray the clump itself. Don't cover up the clump, and then put on some fresh mulch. So those are a couple of tips for you. If you're working on your perennial bed, um, this is a great time to be doing a lot of that work. It always comes up, when should I... When when should I possibly divide and, and dig and divide those? It kind of depends on the plant, but it also depends on you. Traditional advice is that we would divide annual divide perennials rather in the season opposite their bloom. So for example, phlox blooms in the spring, we would divide it in the fall. However, fall can be full of hurricanes, fall can be really hot and dry. So if you find that that phlox didn't ever get divided, this is the time of year to go back and look at it again because you could could dig and divide it if you needed to if it's that crowded and put it into a new spot. It wouldn't hurt. Okay, okay. Molly from Madison is on the uh, text line this morning. She's not pruned. I had to read read what that said twice. Her knockout roses, and they have started to bloom. Can I still cut back a bit? Yes, if you didn't prune them in February, that's okay. Knockout roses can be... can be pruned back just a little bit the flower and maybe a couple of sets of leaves below you can cut off but cut in front of on that stem where there's a five-finger leaflet pointed to the outside of the plant so in other words you're looking at the flower and you got a few leaves underneath it and some of them will be um some of them may be Full, some of them maybe three leaves, some of them maybe one or two leaves, but go back down to where there is a five fingered leaflet on that stem and cut right above that. And that's the pruning that you should do now. That will encourage new flowers and it'll also shape the plant. Knockout roses are one that do not need heavy duty pruning, so that's good. And, and in this case, a little pruning after each flower flush actually helps them keep growing. It's really nice. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Trey's blueberries are in bloom, too. Yep. We've all got that. We sure have. Um, It could be an upgrade, but it may just be a new technology. I don't know. There's so many different solar technologies that really, when it comes to any one application, you do have to make yourself figure out what's a, a practical one for your spot and also what's economical in your area. So all of that makes sense to me. I like the research part of it. I have been uh, <laughs> I've been watching my neighbor dig up wood sorrel. The, the little native oxalis, you know, has pink flowers. The other one, the other wood sorrel has yellow flowers, but they all look like clover. And I've been watching him dig it up and throw it out behind his garage. I, presumably he thinks it will die there. I don't know. Um, But it's going to be a really beautiful mound of it before too long (laughs) because there's a big pile. I like it. I like it. I don't like it in the middle of my lawn. I don't like it where right now, for example, there's a big thick patch of it underneath one of my young Buckeyes, so i got to pull that out of there. But it's a nice ground cover and certainly preferable to things Oh, I don't know, like, like poa, you know, do you have, do you chickweed? Do you have poa? What all do you have? You know, two or three different weeds right now, quote unquote, that is to say, things growing where you don't want them, except that they're green and covering up dirt. Okay. Nothing else growing there. So it all, it, you really do have to make those, those kinds of decisions. I like wood sorrel, though, and I, I think it's, a, it's, one, it's another of our plants from this part of the world that other people pay for, and we spend a great deal of time trying to get rid of. There seems to be a market there that we're not quite making, but maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> maybe I'm wrong about that. <laughs> you know? I
2: saw they make a wood sorrel soap. I just they w- do. I was digging around. I've
1: never that. used it, but they do. I've, I've, I've seen it. Um, of course, I'm the one that still thinks my, my roof is steep enough for solar panels, but no one else seems to think so. Now that all the trees are down in my neighborhood, <laughs> maybe Maybe there's another opportunity for that. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I promised a little bit more about uh, what's going on in in Water World. Beyond, you know, beyond my my boiling and 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 whatnot at, at my house. I really think this is crazy, but but and yet wonderful, coming to us from the University of Adelaide, without pretreatment. Okay, without a whole bunch of costly stuff that takes you to get to takes 10 steps to get to the next step kind of thing. The international team there has split natural seawater into oxygen and hydrogen with nearly 100 percent efficiency. That's crazy. That is what is a very green hydrogen using electrolysis with a non-precious cheap catalyst. In, in just an electrolyzer commercial commercial um, device they had no idea this would work they've published in nature energy I love this seawater electrolysis is not something that we have done but we have heard about it and we have heard that people were trying to do it and they've actually done it this could this could be an opportunity to directly use seawater um, without a bunch of pretreatment without a bunch of adding in alkali and other stuff that in fact, could help us be much more efficient at this process and yes sure we do need to do that that could be very very cool to do oh yeah aspidistras yeah they do look pretty rough my neighbor still hasn't attacked his yet i'm hoping he's not waiting for me to do it aspidistras need to be cut down as quickly as possible because they are starting to grow they need to be cut back particularly browned out ones you know down to a couple of inches off the ground and it it if you see that there's some new leaves in there try to avoid them because the new ones obviously are the ones we want to encourage but the old leaves it's going to be a more selective pruning now than it would have been a month ago before anything started to grow but you can use Head shears. You can. I mean, it just depends on how big a space you have, how many, how big your clump is. But if you just have some aspidistra around a tree trunk, I would go in with hand shears, just cut them off, and make sure you don't cut up the ones that are coming up already from the ground level with new leaves. But that's what you're trying to do: is get rid of all that old stuff and give the new leaves a place to come up and have some space. I have. Uh, I have five acres. This this writer says on the, uh, the, the the text line, when you don't put in your name or your location, I'm likely to call you Bobby from Belzona. I might call you Mary from Madison. I might call you Charles from Columbus. But it's all in fun. It's not any kind of an insult. You just you know it's it's you don't have to introduce yourself, but it would be nice. Um, native grasses. Uh, you know, good grief! That's a that's kind of what I'm going to call it a mow what grows because that means it's something green and it needs to be fertilized. I'm probably going to take a slow release lawn food and use it at half strength, and that's all I'm going to do for this particular space. I have done that in when I had an area, I I'd had had I had had a tent. And another area, I had a pitcher's mound at different points in my, my children's childhood in the backyard. And When I went to go try to get the mow what grows part to grow back, all I did was break it up a little bit, put out a little bit of half strength of, of about half a dose of um, pelleted lawn fertilizer that was intended for slow release, classic lawn fertilizer kind of stuff, and that worked fine. So that, I would say that if you can do that, you're, you'll however much of it you actually want to get growing, Sometimes you just want it to be mowable. You don't actually want it to get too deep. (laughs) But I bet it's pretty right now, though. Things like, um, oh gosh, so many things are blooming right now out there. I think of Amsonia. Pretty stuff. Anyway, a lot to do, a lot to go this morning. Thank you so much for being here. And thank you very much for these questions. These are some good ones. Keep them coming, all right? This is Weekend Gardening.
3: Welcome to Doghouse Living. Our guest is Bob and his wife, Jenny, who started this craze. Well, you know, while digging, I hit a gas line and blew up our house. Well, Bob, I am just blown away. No pun intended, of course.
4: Why wouldn't you just call 811?
3: So, the takeaway, folks to stay out of the doghouse, call 811 before you dig.
10: Let's make our goal zero damages, zero injuries. The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at Fourth Goal Sports Cafe, the Philly Cheese steak Sandwich or Wrap, Melt-in-Your-Mouth Pulled Pork Sandwich, and the best burger in the Metro. Call 769-208-8283. Once again, 769-208-8283.
6: He shoots! He scores! If you
10: think basketball is mayhem, then
0: you're going to think the deals and selection we have at Mazda Jackson are insane! Right now, we're saving you thousands of dollars in finance charges by giving you zero percent financing on a great selection of Mazdas. That's right, get zero percent financing on new 2023 Mazda CX9s, and get zero percent financing on new 2023 Mazda CX5s. Plus, when you buy a new Mazda from Mazda of Jackson, we'll take care of your first year's maintenance at no cost to you. That's what I call a slam dunk. jackson.com Buy with confidence with a 20-year, 250,000-mile warranty. We'll buy your current vehicle at top dollar, even if you don't buy a new one from us at Mazda of Jackson. Credit issues are a thing of the past because our. credit specialists number one goal is to get you approved so get here today to grab your deal because it's complete mayhem and it won't last long at Monster Jackson, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. Our state-of-the-art facility is located at 5397 I-55 Frontage Road North in Jackson. Call 991- 2222 today. MonsterofJackson.com With per credit, like model.
3: CDL for details. Are you a hard worker? Are you dependable? Do you have a good attitude? Do you want to be part of a team? If so, the Black Label Bridge Builders at Key Constructors offers lead men and women purpose-driven career opportunities with on-the-job and outside training, leadership development, and benefits. To learn more about what it takes to be a Black label bridge builder, please visit Key's website at keyconstructors.com. Please also follow at Key Constructors on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook to see regular updates on the black label bridge builders. Family Termite is a proud VIP sponsor of the Handyman Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Whether you're a proud DIYer or a seasoned veteran, Mississippi's handyman Buddy Slowick has the answers to your home improvement questions each Saturday from 10 till noon. This is Joe Rooks. Create your own Skag Zero Turn More Package and save big at Revel Ace Hardware and Revel Outdoor Power. Pick your Skag More, pick your trailer for as low as $117 a month. And for just $10 a month more, you can add a steel, trimmer, blower, and chainsaw. Plus, 0% interest. Skag is rated the number one brand in America among independent dealers. And Revel Outdoor Power is Mississippi's largest Skag dealer. Learn more at RevelOutdoor.com and Facebook. Revel and Skag, brands you
8: can trust.
1: Thank you so much for being here today. You know what's going on in my garden. There's a whole lot of Okay, what's next? We're waiting. Did this come back? Is this alive? What about that one? I got some that are and some that aren't. I bet you do too. The December freeze caught a lot of plants off guard. Didn't catch us as much off guard as it did the plants, I think. But that means that we've got we've got work to do. A couple of weeks ago, you may have seen in social media or you may have heard me talk about um, an article from Bracey's Nursery where the macrophylla hydrangeas, the big ones with the usually blue but sometimes pink round heads, are leafing out along their stems, but slowly. And the, the task was to let them leaf out as much as they will before you start pruning on them because a lot of that's going to be alive. And a lot of times that's where the flowers for this year are. Well, I'm predicting that there are going to be some really awkward-looking hydrangeas because mine are going to be very awkward-looking. I have some branches on this the 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 hydrangea has about oh, say 15 stems and three of them have leaves right up at the top. 10 of them have leaves around the middle and some of them don't have any leaves at all. <laughs> so, there's going to be a there's going to be blooms and there's not going to be blooms, there's going to be pruning and there's going to be not pruning anyway it's going to be interesting and that's I wanted to tell you that that's what we are really all about here is listening to you talk about what you did how it worked and whether or not it worked in many cases and I love 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 getting your feedback so I thank you for that um, I think that the the, um, the the chickadees are one of the birds that hang upside down to feed depends it kind of depends on what color they are it, it could be American goldfinches because they will do that they don't do it they're, it's not their first choice, but they will do it um but if they're gray and little, it's probably in the in the chickadee Nuthatch group. I can't call Ken Hackman and ask him. It's spring break. We try to leave him alone. <laughs> I
2: think he's in New York we don't know yeah.
1: <laughs> we we know not we 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 would like him to be in Bali sending us pictures, but we don't know so <laughs> At any rate, Chris and Summit has just had quite frankly, one of the great revelations of our time. Chris has been somewhere. I don't know where you are, but he, last week he sent us pictures of his, his beautiful tomatoes growing up in, in his, under lights in his house. And I was telling him about repotting to get up to a slightly larger because he's got some ones that are a little spindly, so he needs a little space. But you can bury those stems in the case of a tomato and just let them start up again. You'll actually end up with more roots because they'll root off of their stem. Not everything does that, but tomatoes will. Now, (laughs) he's he's having sticker shock (laughs) because he's looking at one tomato plant in probably in a four inch pot. Looks like it might be at the garden center. $5.49 per plant, he says, this means that I have $1,500 sitting on that shelf at home. Now, that's true, but, but, I got to tell you, and these are Bonnie plants that he's looking at, but everybody's are going to be that expensive. It's that expensive this year to start those seeds, to get them to the market, to get those plants, and these are magnificent, beautiful tomato plants. It may be that, like a lot of other things, you realize that you don't need six or ten, you just need two. Or it may be that you decide this is the year that you're going to grow from seed because you're not going to have any of this. But whatever decision you make, if if you take that $1,500 and invest it in a light source and some seeds, obviously he's d- done that. He's done a much, much better job, um, $20 worth of seeds. And I bet when he paid $20 for those hybrid tomato seeds, he thought that was too much. <laughs> Now, seeds are more expensive. The the whole the soil is more expensive. The trucking is more expensive, and I genuinely and with all my heart, honestly hope that the people who are doing the work are getting paid a little bit more than they were in previous years. Because frankly, it's a hard job to grow tomatoes and or anything else in a greenhouse like that. And oftentimes, it's not one that pays a great deal. So, yep, they're expensive. And yep, I'm gonna buy some. <laughs> But I'm not going to take space to grow a, a whole flat full of tomatoes when I want two plants. Okay? That's that's just, that's the way I am. I've always been that way. Plus, there are people that grow better tomatoes than I do. I grow other stuff really well from seed, beautifully, and I can grow tomatoes. But there are other things. There are other things I like better. Well, if uh, you're wondering where the gut report is, <laughs> here it is. I am happy to tell you that they didn't have to study this, but now that we know that your gut microbes respond better to some protein first thing in the morning. Not that you didn't know that, probably except for all of us donut people. Um, you you probably knew that that was a good idea, but it will actually reduce your need for sugars later. Because when you're when you're not when you don't eat, or when you don't eat enough, or when you eat sugar and then you crash from it. You don't even know you've crashed. You just realize you're hungry again, so you go eat another cookie. Okay, I've, I do this. I, I'm aware of this. I'm not without. I'm, I'm not telling you stuff I don't already know to be true. But in the case of this study from the University of Pennsylvania, the gut bacteria are talking to us a whole lot more than they used to be, and I don't mean just me. Um, as we study them more and understand more, that whole business of keeping your gut microbes happy and therefore you want the other thing to eat that is better for you than the thing that you would, would reach for, but you have the time. You're not so hungry you can reach for the thing that is good for you, or at least not as bad. But it's also true that when it comes to wanting to exercise – actually some of these species are the ones that help us a whole lot if we can confirm the presence of this in humans which these are all animal studies of course we would also be able to boost our public health by boosting the microbes that make us feel better about going out to exercise i'm not saying anybody's going to you know start screaming at you to go exercise although some people respond to that the rest of us just might be more motivated to work an extra half hour in the garden or to do a little bit more assertive task in the garden or when the when we need to dig the hole to go ahead and dig the hole in the garden instead of waiting for the next time in other words to do a little bit more exercise a little bit more as we have learned over time um, I don't know if y'all remember, but back when people started running for jogging for a li- for, for for exercise, um, my attitude, having had three knee surgeries by that time, was that we should give those people the mail, you know, and, and hire them for the postal service because they went exactly the same route every day. But anyway, on the other hand, there are a lot of knee replacements. And I understand that because, you know, I have bad knees. But... What we need to understand and have come to learn and what has been documented over time is that steady, consistent, a little bit of exercise all the way up to and including that five minutes per half hour. Get up, walk around the house. Okay, it's actually better. It's good for us. Your mother was right. Or in some cases, maybe your grandmother. (laughs) (laughs) This is very true. Shop those local sales. Oh, that's such a beautiful, beautiful. I'm looking back at I'm looking back at old pictures. Gorgeous, gorgeous. I, I do love a, a pretty uh, Queen's Tears begonia. That's beautiful. I get my plants from the local high school. That's true. And and a lot of us are going to sales like that, whether it's the high school or whether it's the horticulture club at the university or whether it's a master gardener group. And you, you might save a little bit. I, I don't know, because they not, they're not there to try to compete with your garden center. They're there to make money for their organization. <laughs> What <laughs> When you go to a garden
2: center and you have all these beautiful ferns that are sitting out there, and obviously somebody's taking great care to get them to that size, you're looking at, you know, $17, $18. Can you go into, say, your backyard or into an area where you have, say, uh, wild river ferns or Mississippi ferns? Can you dig those up and transplant them and grow them in a pot and get them as large as you see some of the ferns you're getting at some of the local garden centers? Or do the wild ferns really just have a cap? on how big they'll get cuz we have a ton in the yard but they don't get great sun and they kind of cover and I was curious if you can replant those in a pot.
1: They grow better in the shade first of all. Yes, you can grow them in pots, but they're not ever going to look like Kimberly Queen or Boston fern or any of that. They don't they just don't grow like that. Um, they need their so- their soil needs to be damper more consistently and so you would literally be watering them every day. Sometimes when you get a fern you end up having to do that anyway because it's so overgrown. But um, I, I tend to think of them as two different plants, even though they're all ferns. And, yes, we have some, like break ferns and those things that are native ferns that are also ferns that are related to the ferns that the fern cultivator people do for us. But in the first place, those ferns have been planted from lots of little plugs and virtually fertilized every week of their life until they get to you. So it's a different Met way of handling, I'm not saying you shouldn't try that, but I think it would be I, I think the others would be prettier in the yard, you know myself. You might want to move them into an area with a little bit more sun, certainly try some in containers. Why not? but I don't think you're going to find the the without a whole lot of fertilizer and a lot of daily work on them for a long time. I don't think you'll end up with that big round ball of fern that we all like so much. I remember when the only one you could get was Boston fern. We thought that fishtail was hilarious. We just thought that was just the biggest deal, you know. And I'm I'm not talking about that long ago. The good news is that fern growing has become a specialty. And sometimes people don't grow anything. Many don't grow anything else. Or they grow one greenhouse full of the ferns because of the intense needs for so much water and so much fertilizer. And it's, I mean... Let's just let me just tell you that after one season spent working in a fern greenhouse, my truck smelled like fish emulsion. <laughs> okay, because it was on my boots all the time, <laughs> and it worked. It was great. Oh, good. Chris is coming to buds and blooms. See you there. Fun, fun, fun. That's gonna be. I look forward to hearing about your tomatoes, Chris. Be sure and come tell me it's you. Let's see. English peas have just stopped growing. Mike in Lamar County. Um, let's see. I'm, uh, mm, mm, there's three different questions here. The English peas should not have stopped growing by now, but they may be taking a small break. I wouldn't do anything for them except make sure that the soil around them is cultivated. If you haven't ever fertilized them, you might fertilize them a very little bit, but not a great deal. Um, He's already planted okra. And yeah, if you yeah covered up mulch or something. It, the soil is so cold for okra right now. I just don't know. Lettuce and carrots are great. Lettuce and carrots will be fine. Keep them. You know, you don't want them to be dry, but they'll be fine. And the Kentucky Wonder bush beans are a foot tall and tried to butt out. Woo, that's exciting. I don't, I don't know. I, if you can cover them easily, I would. But the only one that I'm really, really worried about in this case is the okra. And I'm not even worried about that because you can replant that. There's plenty of time to replant okra. Okay? Okay. <laughs> y'all are funny. Some of the things y'all tell me are probably things that I shouldn't know. <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> Thank you very much anyway. I'm going to tell you something that you don't want to know. Oh, my goodness. I didn't want to save this for the end because I hate to leave a bad taste in your mouth. But it's something you need to know. You ever seen those little sticks that they sell in the uh, the, in the the in the sanitation section? You know, it's next to the bleach and stuff, and you're supposed to put them in the sink. Have you ever had anybody tell you that you needed to clean your disposal if you have one um, once a month? Anybody ever tell you what all's going on in your sink drain? Holy moly, the University of Reading is now letting us know that sinks and pea traps are home to, well, a surprising number of fungal organisms, which basically act as reservoirs for mold in your pipes. Yikes! I can't believe that they did this, but... Six students, five undergraduate and one graduate. I'm telling you, the five undergraduates are just trying to get, you know, the TA, the the, the the graduate assistant, to give them a higher grade. That's why they volunteered for this. Tested more than 250 restroom sinks. Now, this is a job that I don't want, but I'm glad they did it. Relatives of Baker's Yeast, black molds, they, they did all of this. They had a very similar result in the community showing that sinks in use in public environments are also reservoirs of fungal organisms which is to say you probably put enough soap down your your sink at home or you put enough you do bleach to it or you do something once a month or so to clean it if you don't you need to wake up and do that <laughs> but this is your mother speaking clean the sink every now and then at the very least the doc leading the project says Since we spend 90% of our time indoors a lot of the time, in, in certain seasons, we are really exposed. For most people, it's not a problem. But for a bunch of others... Well, anyway... That's not a direct quote, but I'm here to tell you. Clean your sink! Now... Pull this bumper up just a little bit and let's see if I can talk right up until the point where I like to go out on it because this one's hard to catch. It's not at the right time. He doesn't start singing until just a little bit past 30. So I'll say now it's weekend gardening.
7: Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do. I'll second guest dinners with friends because they can be interrupted by diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or oily stools. It turns out I have EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, which means I'm missing the enzymes needed to digest food. My doctor prescribed Creon pancrelipase, an oral prescription medication that replaces pancreatic digestive enzymes. Creon treats EPI due to cystic fibrosis, chronic pancreatitis, pancreatectomy, or other conditions.
4: Creon may increase your chance of fibrosing colonoscopy a rare bowel disorder. Tell your doctor if you have a history of intestinal blockage or scarring or thickening of your bowel wall. If you're allergic to pork or if you have gout, kidney problems, or worsening of painful swollen joints. Call your doctor if you have any unusual or severe gastrointestinal symptoms or allergic reactions. Take creon as directed by your doctor and always with food. Do not chew capsules as this may cause mouth irritation. Other side effects may include blood sugar changes, gas, dizziness, sore throat, and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon.
7: Creon is the number one prescribed EPI treatment. Ask your doctor about Creon for EPI and visit Creoninfo.com or call 800 800- to learn more that's
4: in the heart of Mississippi there's a place built on tradition and memories come make yours at the hideaway it reads estate a nature retreat nestled amongst the pines is the hideaway located near Brookhaven goes 400 beautiful acres to explore curated venues and lodging to host you and your guests the hideaway is perfect for corporate events family gatherings weddings and romantic getaways Book your event with us today at The Hideaway. It reads hideaway.com.
10: Having any electrical problems? LaValley Electrical Services. We install new switches, breakers, relays, and Kohler generators. LaValley Electrical Services. We handle new lighting fixtures, ceiling fans, electrical outlets, and LED lights. LaValley Electrical Services. 601-228-9969. 601-228-9969. That's 601-228-9969. Or online at LaValyservices.com. That's LaValyservices.com.
1: glad that uh, spring is around the corner. I will say that with an uh, because it's almost here. It's not here yet. It's almost here. The good news is there's so much that we can do. I have peas that are four or five inches tall. I have radishes that are putting on their second set of leaves. Thinning them with the, all of these seeds came up. I didn't expect them to come up. It's another case where I'm using using up the old seeds. And in fact, they all came up. And not as evenly as I would have liked, but that's what you expect when you're planting things that have been in the drawer for more than a year. Um, the, The good news is that I did have to thin them. They came up well enough. I want to give you a quick tip. If you find that it needs to be thinned with tweezers or even a little tiny pair of manicure scissors just to cut the stem off at ground level, do that. You don't want to disturb the plant next to it in an attempt to thin the area. Okay? So just give yourself that. Give yourself permission to do that if you if you will please i am uh, i'm i'm in possession of some not so great news that you need to know about we keep talking about um the problems with avian flu and the whole egg business some the prices of the eggs have begun to come down because we've made a lot of adjustments and a lot of moves forward but i don't think they'll ever be 69 cents a dozen again let's put it that way um and in fact now Less than half of Georgia bald eagle nests fledged even one chick in 2022. This is not good. What they're telling us is that the bald eagles really are, you know, we understand they are a really con- conservation success story because they were nearly extinct in the 1960s and work to bring them back as the symbol of our nation, not to mention one of the top of the list, you know, in terms of flying predatory insect predatory birds, Um, really got our attention and we put the work into it but now the highly infectious virus is really putting all of that in great jeopardy please be aware that people are not talking about something that doesn't exist they're not just raising the price on your eggs because they want to make more money on the eggs although maybe you know, eggs may be more valuable than we ever knew I'm not sure but they may be they may have been more valuable than we thought in the first place I have read this story three times, and I still am not sure what I think about this. What do you think about house hunting on Mars? What? Well, future space missions. This is University of Arizona, and you know it's Arizona, so you have to be a little bit, a little iffy about it. They will send robots on future space missions out to see and try and find things that are habitable, and for particularly underground spaces, caves, and things like that they're in the process <laughs> it sounds like a fantasy but it's not um, I really like the idea Hansel and Gretel dropped breadcrumbs so they could find their way back you understand and indeed they're putting miniaturized sensors on that piggyback on the rovers that are going across Mars so that they in turn can find their way back to where they have been in this case I just think that's really interesting but the, uh, the notion of pulling in Hansel and Gretel is pretty funny Mary and Pearl has her, uh, (laughs) she's got the first blooms on her tomato plants. And yes, they don't have wheels, but they're going to have wheels. She will be moving them into cover. That's a good idea. You're going to need to. I hope you have a greenhouse. I indeed hope you have a greenhouse. I'm glad to give a salute today to the University of Pennsylvania, which has completed studies training dogs to sniff out chronic wasting disease in deer simply by going near their scat. I think that's delightful, something that we really do need to know. If we could do that with avian flu, we'd be a lot better off, too. We'd know more things that we need to know. The disease, chronic wasting disease, has been in Pennsylvania since 2012. We are certainly well aware of it here, but there's not been a way previously to test for it. And I'm just happy to say that now there is. That's really, really good. Another bit of really, really, really good news. For all well, you seaweed people, I know y'all are out there. You love, love, love your seaweed, and I appreciate that. Scientists at the University of Sussex are now trialing biodegradable health sensors. Mm-hmm, that's right. Monitor your fitness. Monitor your workout with seaweed. That's right. It's a, techn- it's a biodegradable health center in seaweed that they're putting on you to do your measurements without any kind of interruption. There's not a big, heavy, clunky thing on your arm or anything, you know. Um, It's really interesting, fun stuff. What what if we could do that? Well, apparently we are. So that's very, very exciting to me. Uh, Any any ways that we can non-invasively monitor what's going on inside of me and you, I think we're in better shape (laughs) than we were. People talk about... MRIs and all these kind of scans and what a hassle it is. Do you understand that before that, they used to have to cut you open to see what was wrong? Come on, y'all. Let's give a little shout-out to medical technology and to the ways that we're able to do things better than we used to. We, in fact, the whole Hansel and Gretel thing, that has applications, of course, into some of this robotic surgery stuff, because we will want to know where the robot went to put whatever it was. And if we can do the breadcrumb business, I think that makes a great deal of sense. I have, uh, (laughs) I've never played a bagpipe, but I do appreciate them, and I want to leave you today with this idea. The British filmmaker and the dry wit, Alfred Hitchcock, once said, I understand the inventor of the bagpipes was inspired when he saw a man carrying an, an indignant asthmatic pig under his arm. Unfortunately, the man-made sound never equaled the purity of the sound achieved by the pig. Yes, today is International Bagpipe Day, and no, that's not a nice thing to say to a bagpiper, so don't call him an asthmatic pig. It's not going to do well for you. There's a magnificence in bagpipes. There's the whole business about how you breathe and how you don't breathe and where you play and what all happens. It's, to me, it's as fascinating as accordions. Neither one of them make any sense to me, and I love both of them. They're, they're delightful, delightful things to, to really just appreciate. I'm probably not going to play them, but I appreciate them. Oh, good. I made Ken laugh. That's great. That's really good news. Now, look. Y'all come on with me, patreon.com slash gardenmama. Y'all have been so sweet. I'm getting new subscribers every week, new patrons there. I really, really appreciate it. It allows me to continue to do my work in sustainable gardening apart and separate from this broadcast, which is, of course, the centerpiece of my world, and I hope your gardening world as well. Thank you so much for that. It's also time to understand that we got plenty of growing season yet to go. Next week is spring break in many parts of the southeast. There's going to be all kinds of things that you want to go out and do with the kids. Let them paint the trellis. Let them sand off the the bench. Let them do some other things that, that need to be done. You don't have to plant right now in most places, Pascagoula notwithstanding. Even He's going to check the weather. But there's a lot of things that we can absolutely do now that we'll be so glad later on that we did you know what i'm doing i'm unwinding hoses to see what's got holes in it and what's going to work i'm doing all of these things and putting out new sprinklers in the front putting on quick couples probably not a timer but maybe i'll have to set one for myself to remember i'm going to have a living front yard by the time we get to the bottle tree tour in fondren next october And yeah, that does start now. All of these things happen at this point in time as we get busy for the next piece of our gardening lives. And guess what? It's March! See y'all at Buds and Blooms. Thank you much for your attention today. Thank you, Lance. This is Weekend Gardening.
6: And gardening with the Garden Mama is a production
0: of TeleSouth Communication.
6: Medical Center, First South Farm Credit, JumpstartTestPrep.com, and Toyota of Brookhaven. Welcome Morgan Wallen live. Got whiskey glasses. Y'all sing with me. Sunday night, April 23rd at Bought Hemingway Stadium at Old Miss. For a sold out. We got free tickets to win, and not just any free tickets. We're talking VIP tickets to watch this once-in-a-lifetime concert in the Super Talk Suite at the stadium. We've got them, and we're giving them away. It's Morgan Wallen with special guest Mississippi Zone Hardy. Keep listening for more details on how you can win VIP suite seats from Morgan Wallen live at Old Miss. Another fun way to win from Super Talk, Mississippi.
8: The Lauren Rogers Museum of Art in Laurel, Mississippi presents Dale Chihuly's Laguna Murano Chandelier, considered by most to be Chihuly's most important glass sculptural work. Comprised of almost 1,000 pieces of glass, the incredible installation celebrates the art form which has its roots in Venice, Italy. The exhibition is on view at the Lauren Rogers Museum of Art, located in historic downtown Laurel through April 8th as part of the museum's centennial celebration in 2023. As always, admission is free.